Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rap music plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Like most people in this line of music journalism work, I'm a narcissist to some degree or the other. I have a hard time letting go of my own preoccupations to truly connect with things outside of my immediate world. Same can be said when listening to music. For better or for worse, I personalize art and envision how it applies to my own life experiences, thoughts, and emotions. At the time of this recording, I am embarking on one of the biggest gauntlets of change and challenge that I've ever faced, where being fully wrapped up in myself would make the most sense. With an upcoming move, a ton of content to push out, and some other things I definitely will not mention publicly, I have never been so preoccupied with myself and what's going on in my life. Yet, listening to Atheops over this past month has been a revelation. Because me, the person who notoriously personalizes everything I listen to, found a way to forget about me for 39 minutes and connect with something greater than just myself. As Woods has done many times in his career, he linked up with one producer, Preservation, to create his latest album, Atheops. Billy Woods is a rapper who has been at the forefront of the underground for many years now, producing some of the best, most forward-thinking hip-hop full stop. Most notably, his recent contributions of excellence were Brass with Moormother, Haram with The Alchemist, created alongside his partner in crime, Lucid, as Armin Hammer, and Preservation is a New York producer-slash-DJ who is best known for his work as Yassine Bey's touring DJ, his beats on The Ecstatic, his remix album that is fantastic, The Re-Ecstatic, and his previous placements with Woods himself, along with his excellent 2020 record, Eastern Medicine, Western Illness. So I want to start there with preservation. His staple is sourcing samples from across the world, and so there was really no better musical fit than to team up with Woods for what he was envisioning with Atheops. Simply put, this album is a musical feat that should be revered by all. Preservation outdid himself. He picked great samples, made great beats, but it's how he combined all of these different elements into a seamlessly flowing album and how fitting it ended up being for the subject matter that Woods brought to this album that I think really elevates Preservation's contributions to this album to another level. Preservation's beats feel like they are alive, like they can morph and evolve into something else without warning or notice, never confined to traditional musical structures. 
His beats feel like zooming into something through a magnifying glass and seeing an entirely new world of detail in such a small area. That's what Prez does with his sampling. He zooms into few very small pieces of source material and arranges them in such a way that it creates an entirely new and full musical world that you can just get lost in, yet is simultaneously often very minimalistic too. All of these sounds are channeled through a laser-focused musical vision that removes any chance of a sound sounding out of place or a beat feeling like it just lacked identity. Prez showed that he knew exactly when to push the experimental envelope on gems like 9X and Harlem that were truly brilliant, with transitions between songs being handled as expertly as I've ever heard since, funny enough, Woods and Elucid's collaboration with The Alchemist on Haram. There is a earthy, worn-in nature to Preservation's beats on this album that is just so inescapable to me. The Ethiopian jazz and general global nature of the musical palette on Aethiopes is just so wonderfully rich. The intro's concluding moments with its horns and sax, I don't know which one that is, but either way, whatever that brass instrument is, it comes in so abrasively and really shined and was a sign of what was to come. Wharves and Sauvage are perfect beats and showcase that Prez is staying in that bag that he was on in Eastern Medicine and Brass with those vast array of shakers and tambourines and unique percussion choices that are littered throughout this album that are absolutely great. And I feel overall they provide the optimal backdrop for a rapper like Woods. Because although the noisy and abrasive History Will Absolve Me is a classic in my eyes, instrumentally it was ultimately just a collection of exceptionally well-executed noisy beats. However, generally speaking, Woods sounds more at home over beats that are a little more minimal or atmospheric heavy or just something that gives him more space to allow him to really breathe and do his thing on a track. Additionally, one thing I really loved on Aethiopes is that Prez consistently cultivated tension, picking the right moments to really evoke a strong emotional response in the listener. The production brought a tense and climactic spiritual flavor to Woods's existential exploration of blackness on this album. The crushing lyrical content on songs like No Hard Feelings, Smith and Cross, Remorseless are all turned up to 11 since these instrumentals truly feel like they're soaked in a tub of human sorrow. No Hard Feelings sounds like a psychedelic funeral. I don't know what instrument it's playing as the main melodic sample on this song, but it is striking. It feels like the soundtrack to discovering a grave, tragic atrocity of some sorts. Smith and Cross sounds like an epic send-off to a movie where the bad guys won. I can't say enough about how preservation complemented the pictures Woods was painting on Aethiopes. The production that sourced sounds that span across the globe is not just beautifully engaging from a pure music perspective, but it mirrors the similarly global experience of blackness that Woods explores in his lyrics throughout this album.
a consistent element of Woods's lyricism throughout the years that has always captivated me is the elusiveness. What I mean by that is within his songs, there can be multiple different narratives and metaphors or imagery stacked up against each other, side by side, unfolding before our very eyes, to where one given song can be speaking to multiple different things, all in a valid and coherent way. Specifically on Aethiopes, I feel this elusiveness is leveraged to a very high degree, where the elusiveness often allows Woods to say so much with little, which allows him to drive home one of the largest points I think Woods is trying to make with this album, as he tries to, and I believe successfully, connects different parts of the black diaspora's experience on the globe historically to one another, meaning he takes parts of the black experience that occur in 2022, as well as experiences and knowledge that would have come from the time in which the transatlantic slave trade was taking place putting these all together and making larger points about the interconnectivity of it all sort of ends up putting a mirror in front of the listener and really asks you to confront why things are the way they are, why have things historically been like this, and how the past has influenced our present day. I think the way Woods communicates all this leads to the listener coming to certain conclusions that I think are pretty simple, but nonetheless awful to really swallow, just like much of history is when you really come to understand it. A perfectly fitting example of how Woods communicates this interconnectivity between the past and the present as it relates to events and experiences that those of the black diaspora would have experienced, whether directly or indirectly, can be found on the track, The Doldrums. This is a word referring to when ships would be stuck in a part of the ocean longer than normal due to the wind being weak. So basically, I, I take that as being stuck. That's kind of the main message from that title. So on this song, Woods seemingly could be talking about the slave trade as well as he could be talking about the drug trade due to the double meaning that can be derived from certain images that he puts forward in his lyrics. Throughout this track, there is this eerie exploration of time that I think comes up quite often that I find really powerful. Woods expands on this idea of trading time for drugs and how time flies when you call a person's bluff in the second verse. And then in the chorus, this concept of a dead man's shoes appears, which is a term used for uh, being in a position where you can't progress in an organization until someone else above you in your job, for example, dies. So you can then replace them. But for the time being that they exist, you're stuck. Again, you're stuck. And then on the third verse, the lines begin to blur between the tight quarters slaves found themselves trapped in on ships during the slave trade as woods mentions like he's accustomed to being in tight quarters and the enslavement of drug dealers being stuck on the corner selling drugs to get by i don't know if this interpretation in essence is fully correct like all wood songs i don't claim to know 
but I do claim to see a pattern and I find that pattern really interesting because there's this deliberate fungible nature in his lyrics in this song that creates this connection between the drug trade and the slave trade, which I feel is making a larger point to say that these situations, the drug trade and the slave trade back in the day, are not mutually exclusive and are actually connected historically. And that is definitely factually correct, because this original sin of slavery, if you will, had many downstream effects that affected the families of these black slaves, and no clearer example than being the eventual implications that came from Jim Crow, and then the war on drugs, which leads to the drug trade. So all in all, what makes this special, this way that lyrics are presented and songs are constructed on this album, is that it's not just some cool double meaning of a song for artsy-fartsy reasons. Like, that's not why The Doldrums is a great song. If it was, then cool, that's, that's fine by itself. However, what Woods is doing is putting these seemingly separate ideas beside each other and sparking the thoughts in your mind as to why they may actually be connected. This concept of overlaying present-day experiences and or personal experiences of Woods with references to slavery and other generally historic white supremacist practices is a common lyrical motif throughout this album. Finally, the last lyrical passage that I want to dive into as it relates to this point I'm making is on No Hard Feelings. This was another example of how Woods positions seemingly isolated narratives into this grander theme of the impact of white supremacy and capitalism on everyday folks. The first verse, as Woods put it himself actually on Twitter, concerns a man living on the first floor of a building when a homeless person starts smoking rocks on the step outside his apartment window every day. It opens with some lines that reference this failed Challenger space shuttle launch that killed all crew members, including a black astronaut by the name of Ronald McNair. Lastly, the second verse mainly focuses on Woods being stood up by a girl. That no hard feelings phrase is repeated at different points in the song and I think connects these seemingly completely randomly different ideas together. The apathetic and accountability-deprived implication behind that phrase, no hard feelings, in fact applies to this failed space launch that killed the black astronaut Ronald McNair and the entire space crew where an investigation showed gross negligence on the part of NASA that led directly to the downfall of this launch. This phrase can also apply to the homeless victim of capitalism and the war on drugs who can't even smoke crack in peace. And finally, this phrase applies to this woman standing woods up and no showing on the date. So obviously that last point seems obviously not at the same level of importance or seriousness, but that multidimensional nature of Wood's writing is firmly on display here and is spectacular. Where songs feel like he's recounting a personal story and then simultaneously feels like he's speaking on some metaphorical situation of, of black people historically, it's not always the case that he's doing that. I don't want to make it seem like 
every song and every line has this double meaning. But just generally on this album, I did find a lot of the lyrics worked on multiple levels. This slipperiness provides so much replay value for me and also strengthens this idea that, again, there is a connection within the global diaspora of blackness, whether it be from the past or the present, whether it be in the States or anywhere else in the globe, simply through his sheer artistic choice in lyricism. The medium is the message is what comes to mind when I listen to Atheops. With this ever-shifting lyrical lens of Woods now in your mind, I want to shift our focus to the lyrical detail that Woods so consistently provides that I believe enables him to rap with such an otherwise challenging and strange lyrical approach. Although Woods has always been an incredible lyricist, I really believe he's grown even greater in his powers in recent years, showing a supremely special ability to convey profound messaging in such concise nuggets of bars. This is another level of lyricism that I first felt struck me on the short two-ish minute track Guinness from 2020's Brass with Moormother. On this song, he vividly painted this wreckage of a scene of a city in disarray, under destruction, crumbling from within, where this surrealism that I just finished speaking about shows up once again, as each line functions as a way of painting this literal scene of a city on fire, but simultaneously functions as almost a microcosm of the world being on fire due to mass exploitation, uh, white supremacy, all of that good stuff. And just like it is in the case of Atheops, it's the remarkable word choices and ways he forms his lines that turns a track that could sound potentially too bare and inconsequential in the hands of a lesser writer into something that feels profoundly sad. More on that idea of profound sadness, though, in a moment. All of this is made possible by the incredible lyrical picture painting that Woods has seemingly perfected at this point in his career. These marvelous lyrical details are abundant as can be on Atheops, like on Smith and Cross where he raps, speak sepia tones, everyone I know is gone. That so perfectly encapsulates not only the fact that everyone he knows has passed away, but that he's nostalgic for it in the use of sepia tones in that first part of that line that goes to show if Woods is going to rap in this way, he needs to be on point and the lyrical detail absolutely allows him to be so avant-garde, if you will, in his lyrical approach because he just knows how to make a damn point and make it concisely. Now, I'd be remiss to ignore the significant and terrific lyrical contributions from the various guests on this album too, with particularly great contributions from Elucid, Boldy James, Breeze Bruin, which should be quite honest on first couple listens was a bit of a letdown, not because I was hating the features, but just because I wanted more woods. But over time, the guest verses stuck with me because they were just that damn good. 
particularly heavy water with Breeze Bruin and LP absolutely delivered, which was a great moment since these two are some of Woods' uh, greatest inspirations from my understanding. And outside of the strength of the guest contributions, Woods was consistently precise and swift in his impact on this song, which speaks to a larger point about his overall impact on this album. Because on a track like Heavy Water, with two amazing verses from Breeze Bruin and two from LP as well, Woods still steals the show. In one verse, he raps things like Multiverse Benzino, Yakubian Experiments Gain a Function in the Kitchen Sink, ending the same verse with brand new offline computers, which shows this impeccably chosen lyrical detail in that it effortlessly punches home the covert, dangerous activity vibe that the song is embodying. Woods' performance on Atheops was just consistently show-stopping and just that powerful. Even when he shows up for half a song or a quarter of a song, like on 9X, his presence is known, which is why that initial kind of letdown or disappointment in the amount of time given to features completely dissipated over time. So far, as we've explored the spectacular lyricism found on Atheops, particularly as it relates to this uniquely multi-layered lyrical approach and the exceptionally sharp details that he consistently puts in his bars, the last key aspect of the lyricism I need to dig into is just the sheer impact of it all, and specifically the impact it had on me. Because for as good as Woods' albums have been in the past, I feel the way Atheops pulls emotion out of me is just different. As if I'm truly in tune with a mass generational trauma. This idea was solidified in my brain by the end of my first day with this album. When Atheops dropped, I was massively consumed by my own life, my own thoughts and emotions. Yet it was April 8th, a bit past midnight on the day of this album's release. And I was in bed, a place I rarely listen to music in actually. And I was just finishing up my fourth listen of Atheops that day. It was precisely at this moment where the true gravity of what I feel is the centerpiece lyric of this album was made clear to me, where Woods raps on Remorseless, it's a freedom in admitting it's not going to get better. <sighs> From that point on, a wave of uncontrollable sadness washed over me. I started to genuinely cry. However, Unlike all of the times that I had cried in the past few months of what has been a really, really trying time for me personally, this sadness on April 8th had little to nothing to do with me. I wasn't the main character of this situation that I so often make myself to be. There is a societal and ancestral weight that Woods carries in his music that has felt no greater than in this album's final two songs, and more specifically, that line I just quoted. It's a freedom in admitting it's not gonna get better. I don't know what part of that line is more saddening. Was it the fact that I believed Woods was being truthful? That 
another human being genuinely believes things aren't going to get better? Or was it the fact that I actually saw some truth in what he said? That we all are screwed. That it actually could be freeing to lose that expectation of a brighter tomorrow. That we all are so far gone that everything is shabbier than it seems, as Woods pointed out on Guinness off of Brass. No matter which way I slice it though, it's either that another human has truly lost all hope or that I agree with his morbidly bleak perspective. In just one mere line, Woods bottled up an entire worldview and gave me genuine pause and genuine cathartic perspective. No matter what else was going on in my life, I was listening. That is true power from just one line. Now, if we move to another fertile aspect of this album, it's the songwriting. There's an extra level of careful craft and care that is so clear on Aethiopes, evidenced by Wood stating that the skits used in this album were so close to his heart that he had spent almost 20 years trying to work to secure the source material from this 1970s Nigerian movie, Kongi's Harvest. But past the skits, Woods and Preservation really fine-tuned this album to borderline perfection. Look no further than the refrain by Woods shouted at the end of Smith and Cross of sugar molasses rum, the three key aspects of the triangular slave trade. Just a hauntingly fitting way to end this album off in a neat bow. I think it's a cold take to say that rappers who produce their own stuff are at an advantage when it comes to the ability to craft solid songs. That's just my take, the fact that you can have the production ear and marry that with the skills that you need as a rapper, knowing which pockets to sit in on a beat, I think that just puts you at an advantage. And with Woods early on in his career, although not a super prevalent problem to be clear, there were still moments of clumsy songwriting or less than perfect beat selection that reared their ugly heads on some of his earlier records. However, over time, Woods has really improved in this aspect. No better illustration than Heavy Water's final verse, which shows just how far he's come. In this final verse, the main chaotic sample in this instrumental fades out to where only this percussion of the beat remains. It amplifies the tension of the song to unsettling levels, coloring Woods' verse with a much different tone than the rest of this song that was otherwise exhilaratingly rambunctious up until that point. Where a line like, the film black and white, who better to play the n-words than white men, could potentially fit snugly alongside the somewhat biting but ultimately funny brand of dry humor that Woods strikes earlier in his first verse of this song. But that beat toning down added this uncomfortable darkness to a line like that to where it hits me completely different since what resonated with me was just how disgusting and shameful it was for white folks to have been wearing blackface and playing the black characters in those old school black and white films that he's referencing i simply tweeted out that i loved this beat drop decision 
and came to learn from preservation himself that this was actually Woods's idea. And I found that so brilliant and was reminded of a previous interview I conducted with Steel Tip Dove, which remarked that Woods is one of the rappers he works with that is involved in the intricate musical decisions related to mixing and whatnot that go into the finished product much more than other artists he's worked with. Similar to how the elusiveness in Woods' lyricism isn't just a neat aesthetic thing, neither are moments of songwriting detail like this. It reaches that next level of mastery to where aesthetic choices actually amplify the impact of the messaging, where that black and white film line, again, isn't just funny, but it adds to this greater theme of the impact and sheer atrocity of white supremacy and how it influenced general society. The only minor flaws, though, I really see with this album are that on some of the more skeletal moments instrumentally, Woods' performance isn't nearly as captivating from a delivery perspective. Some of the more bare-bones beats don't give him enough to work off of, particularly on songs like the doldrums. Because Woods is a rapper that plays off the beat a lot more than I think people acknowledge. So when an instrumental doesn't have a particularly ear-grabbing rhythm or melody, I find Woods' flow and mic presence just feels a little less special, which is notable because there are nuances in his delivery that really help his music pop. You can see, for instance, how Woods feeds off of the fast-paced chaos of the heavy water beat, where he shows off this innate ability to find the pocket in a beat to completely steal any and all attention on this song, starting off with that multiverse benzino line, then slowly increasing the speed of his flow as the first verse progresses, illustrates exactly what I mean. Or on Smith and Cross, where he really indulges into his spoken word-esque type flows that he often goes in with the constant repetition of certain lines over that heart-wrenchingly soulful and sad beat from preservation that allows Woods to lean into this side of his flow bag, if you will, with such power and such conviction. It sounds so perfectly fitting. The last minor critique is that beats like the doldrums versailles they aren't bad by any means they're still quite good but they're just not at all on the level of the rest of these beats that i think are so much more rich musically and engaging but that's all i got for you really in terms of minor critiques because atheops is marvelous if you couldn't tell from my very long review up until now like all woods records atheops is cerebral and instructive in how the world's current state of affairs occurs. But it's this palpable pain and aching tenderness in these beats and in Woods's lyricism that makes this album feel truly special, even amongst Woods's already revered catalog. I know I said it about the other two records I reviewed on this podcast from Woods in Brass and Haram, but this is another personal classic to me. Sue me. Sorry that I like music that makes me feel and gives me knowledge and makes me feel like I learned something. Like, damn, I never did as much Google searching and thesaurus diving for a review than I did with this one. An album like Atheops is fertile ground for listeners like me who love when art can 
command their attention and communicate so clearly amidst being a part of a general society that does nothing but try to distract you, indoctrinate you, and sedate you. Atheops and the music of artists like Billy Woods is the polar opposite. So much so that even an album that can make you feel hopeless, deeply sad, is cathartically invigorating for the simple fact that it feels painfully human. For all the complimentary things one can throw at a Billy Woods, I think the one that is most important to me is that he conveys humanity in a way that I don't think ever has been done so concretely in music. To where complex experiences that have affected many of us, or like me, sometimes the music is talking about things that has never affected me. It all feels broken down in a way that doesn't feel highly academic or pretentious, something that can't be said for other modern-day socio-political talk. Where the art boils down life to its raw brass tacks, carving out little nuggets of inescapable truth in a seemingly benign narrative that is somewhat relatable, even if us as the listeners have never experienced what he's even describing. I believe that's what makes the music of Billy Woods so fundamentally powerful. He's a regular dude. That's what makes him special. So that concludes my little Billy Woods stump speech, which could also be dubbed the case for Billy Woods, the greatest artist of all time, end quote. So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levi, Mahima, Jeff, Mitch, Dash Lewis, Pancake Cleaner, Trey, Noah, Justin, Brandon, Joe, Gavin, Matt, Teddy Faley, Jackson, Fatman Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. 
But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.